Hi, family, and welcome to another episode of Normal with Autism. We are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum, and this is the podcast where we ask you to the kitchen table to experience the joy in the journey. I almost forgot the intro again. Okay, I'm Tara. And Sarah is out today. She's not recording with us. She is busy doing photog magic. But I do have a very special guest. You know him. You love him. We talk about him frequently. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Craig. Hello. Yay! Craig is here. Craig is super excited to be here. I can tell. Now, Craig, mm-hmm. that's not your real name. No. Do you wanna do you wanna tell our listener audience what your real name is? Joe. No, psych. It's Keith. <laughs> um the Keith, you are my husband. I'm so happy to have you here today. Awesome. I never thought I was gonna get you on the podcast. Me either. I never thought. And then I asked you. And in your true introverted fashion, you didn't respond for like two days. It was yesterday. I mean, it was it was a day. Right, or a day. And then this morning, can we recreate the conversation we had in the car? We can try. So, <laughs> so did you say or did I say like, oh, you said, you said, so what are you going to ask me if I'm on the podcast? Yeah. And I said... It's hard to think of questions because you didn't tell me yes or no. Right. And so, like, not giving me that answer is difficult for me to get creative and get questions. And then, did you say something else? I don't remember. So you said, oh, and then you go, <clears throat> you go, well, we, we can do it as long as it's not dumb. <laughs> I asked you, who defines what dumb is and i said we define dumb okay so later on it has to be a collective that's dumb we are the committee so later on we're gonna after we do this we're gonna listen back to it and see if it sounds dumb Mm -hmm. okay all right well i'm i am really happy to have you on here um in part because we are celebrating something significant this month do you know what it is? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Will you tell our listener audience what it is? Our 19th wedding anniversary. Very, yeah, our 19th wedding anniversary. This month, this year, October of 2020, we have been together 24 years, and we've been married 19. Mm-hmm. Where has the time gone? I don't know. It flew out the window for sure. Do you, do you, and this is in all seriousness, do you ever think about like that kind of thing? Like, do you ever think about the fact that, I mean, that we have been together for 24 years, which is longer than we didn't know each other? Like, does it ever run across your mind or no? Uh, Not until you bring it up. And then, I mean, honestly, it's, it's like, it is kind of weird to think about it in that respect that we've been together as a couple longer than we weren't. Mm-hmm. 
Because we met when we were 19. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's so, but then that's it. That's kind of as far as your thought process goes with that. Yeah. I don't really take it farther than that. Well, what, what do you think about when I say like, where has the time gone? Like, do you ever think about that? Like, wow, it's been um, over 20 years that we've been together. No, I mean, in general, time feels like it's going really fast, but I don't think about it as, I mean, you're almost making it sound like a prison sentence. Like, <laughs> I've been here I didn't 24 go there, years. You, you did. You went there. What have I done with my <laughs> life for 24 years? That's the way you're making it sound. Um, okay. All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you put that spin on it. Well, let's talk for a second. So tell tell the listeners, what do you do all day? Because I still don't understand after 20 or so years. What do you do? What's your, when you're not making podcast magic, what do you do in our basement all day? <laughs> By the way, we're in the basement now. We are. We're, we're not at the, the kitchen we, we table. brought you to the dungeon today, not the kitchen table. Um I write web programs and fix people's problems and write reports and So you do computer work. You're a yeah. computer guy. Basically, you could be like working for the CIA and I would never I would never know it. Well, right? If you're a secret CIA operative, you typically don't let people know that. Are but you working not. for the CIA? No. We've watched enough Homeland. I would think I would know. I don't make enough mysterious trips. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I figured in the time of COVID, trips, really. nobody is making mysterious <laughs> trips, but I mean, I could be wrong. Okay. So we, we've narrowed it down. We know you don't work for the CIA, but you do do computer stuff. Mm -hmm. down here in the yes. basement all day yes. long all day okay every day all day every day you're a numbers guy mm -hmm. yep a report guy unfortunately yeah oh well you like certain aspects of your job right i like solving problems but i don't like i don't like some of the aspects of solving the problem gotcha that's a that was a very that was a very good like depl diplomatic diplomacy diplomatic. Di diplomatic i can't speak today diplomatic answer i like that I, you are a problem solver you are do you i mean do you recognize that about yourself yeah to a fault actually well no i don't know i don't think it's a fault i think i mean it depends on what context but i i think you're a very strong problem solver i think at the times i think that's what i appreciate about you a lot because at the times that I feel like I'm kind of spinning, right? And we know I can spin out of control. I feel like you are like, okay, step one, do this. Step two, do this. And you do that. You do that really well. And you do it, I think, at the times that I need it the most, especially when I think like I, I don't even recognize I need that. When you said spinning, I couldn't help but think about what we were listening to this morning what were we listening to this morning love oh. said love said <laughs> oh, you don't right. realize you're spinning until you get to the bottom and you spin really fast <laughs> yes i've been yes there have been several times i've been at the bottom and you've been like no you know then it's step one and step mm -hmm. but you're not you never 
in in addition to that, you never discount my feelings. No. You're very good at still acknowledging my feelings, but then still being able to like pull it back and say, okay, step one, step two. I appreciate that about you. Good. Good. All right. Um, So now we know who you are and now we know what you do. Who's your daddy and what does he do? (laughs) And so let's talk for a minute. I want to talk today. Our subject today will be about um, kind of our family. I want to talk a little bit about autism impacting our family. And I specifically want to start out with, what do you remember from our wedding day? (laughs) We want to do this now. And remember, your answers can be used against you in a court of law. What do you remember? No, what do you I remember? I remember that we didn't get to eat any of the food mm-hmm. except like a meatball. And I remember we didn't get any cake except the bite that we shoved in each other's mouths. You were very generous with that, by the way. You didn't like try to mess up my dress or anything. I appreciate that. I thought about it. I know. But then I was like, mm, I have to live with this person for a long time. Yes. That was that. See, you. God, you are smart. What else do you remember? Uh, it rained earlier in the day. Um, I was nervous because I had to be in front of all those people. I did feel for you on that. Like, I'm I'm the person that I'm like, ooh, I love the spotlight. Hence, I created a podcast. Mm. And I know you do not. I know that you do not like being in front of people. I, I don't like certain ways of being in front of people. I don't like having to talk in front of people. And let let our listeners know why why do you qualify that? Because at Be- one point you were I was in the worship band at church yeah. and I really liked being on stage and playing music. But I don't like talking. I, I'm fine if I have a guitar in my hand, but I can't I can't talk to people. I'm not good at that. And that's that's something that like, we've never really talked about on the podcast. That's something that I don't know that I've shared that much on social media about. You are a musician, a professional musician. Retired professional musician. You're not retired. I'm retired. <laughs> you're a, are we allowed to say you're a hired, you're a hired mercenary? I was a mercenary, yeah. <laughs> But I love that about you. That's like... You know that's how you got me, right? Was because you play guitar. Do you remember that? But you didn't know that when we met. Right. Well, but I mean, like after, like the next, like in the few days, that was like the one of the first things that I learned about you. Is you play guitar? Oh, okay. The Smaris recordings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not child appropriate. No, not child appropriate. You'll have to send this to Ian to let him know that we've shouted They're out They're on this. a cassette. I have really, I've had ideas on how to get them off the cassette, <laughs> but every time I've tried, it's really bad. It was so 1990s with your own little hand-drawn liner notes, and <laughs> I love it. I mean, we're, we're giggling about it, but that's, that's part of what I love you. Um, what do you remember... Let's talk for a minute, kind of in general. 
what do you think are some of the or one of the biggest impacts autism has had on our family unit in general? Um, it's made us more hyper aware of things in public, like uh, people looking at you or uh, things that some people take for granted, like like just walking through a store with their kid and if their kid acts up, you know, they're they're handling it way different than we would. Like we know if Finn's acting up, it's it's because he's going full meltdown at that point and it's time to get out of the store. It's not one of those situations where you're like, do you want to go to the bathroom? We can go to the bathroom kind of thing. It's not one of those deals. So that that's one of the major impacts is you just, you're more hyper aware of public and people around you and how they're different from you. Um, it's kind of isolating just because it, it, a lot of people don't understand the day-to-day. And I don't really want to say it's a struggle because it's not really a struggle. It's just the day-to-day. Um, I think those are the two big ones. Okay. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this today is because typically during the course of like diagnosis and treatment, like you will heal, you will hear married couples talk about like the impacts on the marriage or people will cite statistics and things like that. And there's myths that are out there that I want to kind of bring to everybody's attention. There are also really practical things that I kind of want to bring to everybody's attention. And I thought, you know, the correlation between you and I celebrating our many years together, the prison sentence, as you will, as you called it. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do that to you quite often, you don't do. I? I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. So, yeah, our many years together, I thought celebrating our many years together, we could talk about kind of it within our context and hopefully share some insight for maybe people who are just starting out or people who are in the thick of it. Um, So I went and Googled the impact of autism on marriages. And the very first thing that came up was kind of scary. Can I read it to you? Um, So it said, this is how autism destroys marriages. So nobody can see Keith's face at home, but he went WTF. Um, It said, there's no way to ignore the data. 80% of marriages that have a child living with ASD will end in divorce. And that doesn't even include the people that stay in miserable marriages out of necessity. Okay, first of all, I want to know where they got that statistic. Yeah, that sounds high. It does. Because when I think there's you and me, there's one set of my friends, two sets of my friends, three sets of my friends who I know personally have pretty good marriages, have been together about as long as we have. They all have kids with ASD or with an autism diagnosis. So yeah, now, and then there are like, I'm flipping through my Rolodex of people. There are people who I know who are divorced, but in just my own little personal context, it's not 80%. No, it's probably what 40, maybe. Well, so we'll talk about that in a second. Put a pin in that in terms of the real um, 
the real number. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But this, 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 uh, I'm sorry, it's a, it's a, I think it's a pretty terribly written article. Um, and it said, then it goes on to, so it captures you with that, like, um, that awful kind of start. And it goes on to talk about then say, oh, but the truth is more complicated. It says, as humans, we're we're wired for survival before anything else, and autism often serves as a threat to the survival. Again, another WTF face from... What's your your response, though? When you you hear that, what are you... You obviously didn't get married for the right reasons, and if your child is the reason you're getting divorced then that's obviously a huge problem. I mean, that that was something that was pre-existing. I don't know. Well, I don't know. That sounds really stupid, quite honestly. I, I think you're saying it very well. And actually, the idea that you bring up about what was going on in the marriage before, it actually bears out in the research. The actual research, not these like clickbait article type things, but the actual research bears that out that stuff that was going on in the marriage before the autism diagnosis is really important. Um, and then this article goes on to talk about like fear and shame in like men and women. So it's a very heteronormative article, hmm. first of all. Um, it doesn't, it's not inclusive of LGBTQ. Um, uh, population and, and couples um, that could be raising kids with autism, which is, is sad. Um, and it talks about like very heteronormative ways that men and women have been socialized um, and like fathers experience shame. So they get more protective and women get more fearful. And then it goes on to say something like, all they know is they share a child that is unable to have a normal life and their dreams of a family have turned into a nightmarish reality that has a grim prognosis at best. Hmm. That's interesting. Yikes. So I've never experienced that. And what's that specifically? So, for instance, like when, let's just say the shame part. Let's just go shame. I feel the total opposite when I'm in public and it's just me and Finn. Like, he will stem on doors or he'll stem on, you know, an air grate, you know, like a register return. Right. Or something like that. And I will just out loud explain, oh, yeah, that's a door. That's a door. There's more doors. Let's keep going. Just so that people don't be like, what the hell is wrong with that kid, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've never felt shame about that. I feel proud that he is walking with me in the store and right now it's extra awesome because he keeps his mask on most of the time yay mask skills so i i I don't know i don't think i've ever felt shame having him in public i will say in the very beginning it was hard to be with him in public because i didn't know how to react to the other people not to him so i don't think it, it never was a shame issue it was more of a I didn't know how to teach other people around me about him so that they wouldn't look at him weird. Mm, I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. I never felt ashamed of him, and I never felt ashamed of us as a family. 
I was always very hyper aware of how other people were responding. And I was, I think I was more concerned about like, taking in their response and I would do what you do where I'd like narrate things out loud for him mm -hmm. so that maybe other people could see it and try to understand it a little bit. And I've shared videos of him stemming and like said, this is what stemming looks like, you know, cause it's normal. It's a natural thing for him. It's not any different from like you biting your nails or me playing with my hair. It's just, he's louder and people mm -hmm. notice it more. Um, because it's not seen every day. Right. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I have never, <clears throat> I don't know, to call it a nightmarish reality. COVID is a nightmarish reality. Absolutely. Epilepsy. Is a nightmarish, nightmarish reality. reality. It's yeah. something that's difficult to manage, but autism is not. <laughs> um, I don't know. And then they go on to say there's, there's hope, so... I don't know. This is just a really, I think. Are, are a, they selling like oil or something? I don't know. <laughs> What's that? Where are you going with that? <laughs> a, a blessed and anointed tissue. No, 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 no. Like CBD oil. Like, are they trying no. to sell like me medicinal oil? No, this is just a really poorly written um, article from a... I, I, I can't judge the therapy center, but it's a therapy center in Washington, the state of Washington, and it's dated December 1st, 2018. I'll put a link to it so people can be like WTF with us to this. Um, you know, and I want to be clear, having an autistic child isn't a walk in the park or having mm -hmm. a disabled child isn't a walk in the park, but calling it a nightmarish reality, I think is really mm -hmm. ableistic. Um, I think it doesn't take into account at all the the social difficulties mm -hmm. that we have, the societal problems that are placed on us. Um, I don't know. I just over 80% of marriages when there is a child with autism will end in divorce. I don't know where they got that number. I I think it's a terribly poorly written article. So we'll post it as if you're going to write an article about autism and marriage, Here's what not to do. Um, let me take it back for a second about, because I tend to be very vocal and I think I've shared lots through the podcast, but then just in our relationship, um, what I remember from when Finn was diagnosed with autism, when he was diagnosed from epilepsy, with epilepsy, what, what do you remember about him being diagnosed, start first with epilepsy? What was that experience for you? Mm, it was crushing it was very it was rough to take I mean especially the way that we kind of found out that he was having seizures like we both kind of knew there was something different about him but we didn't know what it was and then when he actually had a seizure and we found out why we're in a movie we're getting like freak out call from grandparents and you know, ambulances are coming. It was crazy. I mean, that was just crushing. And then the way that whole diagnosis situation went down in the hospital, you know, that was just, it was very hard to take in the beginning because it, it felt like we were, we, I didn't know anybody that had epilepsy. We had like no resources. We were on our own in the very beginning. Like we had no idea where, where to go, what to do. 
and we the only advice we were getting was from children's and that's where we had to start from and that was scary in the beginning I agree I remember him I remember that what happened was we went into the hospital we went into the ER room they were basically like yeah he had a seizure it was a febrile seizure they sent us home we came back he had another seizure I called the ambulance because it was a scary one I had never experienced that personally before. Like you said, I don't know anybody who, I didn't know anybody at the time who had epilepsy, like personally, I knew of people. Um, So I didn't know what it looked like. And I remember we stayed a few days in the hospital. He didn't have another seizure. They were going to discharge us that night. The doctor never came to talk to us. And we were like, you know, what the hell? Why didn't the doctor come talk to us? We want to see them before we leave. And they were like, well, you'll see him in the morning. You can stay one more night. You'll see him in the morning. And he had a seizure, I think, at 4 o'clock that morning. It was a pretty Mm -hmm. bad one. And I remember walking out of his room. The sun was coming up, and I was crying. I called mom, and I was like, he has epilepsy. And we were just, I think it was traumatic. We were dumbfounded. We had no clue what was going on. And I remember the question they kept asking us is, do you have anybody in your with family, family history of epilepsy? And we were like, no. And that was where we were. I mean, the closest we possibly could have had, and I'm not sure how close it is to what he has, but like I have chronic migraines. My mom does too. So my brother, we all do. So I don't know if that's where the link could have come in, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll probably, we'll never know. We'll never know why he has epilepsy or what happened. And I, remember, we've always been told that's like a good thing. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about our relationship as the epilepsy diagnosis kind of sank in? As a couple or as a, like with Quentin? Just, just <clears throat> you and me, yeah. Uh, we were doing... We were doing well. I mean, we had just come off of our our downtime that we had had. Um, we were only, what, two years removed from that? From when we were having troubles and stuff? Three. 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 So, we, I mean, we were doing well. We were communicating a lot better. Um, we weren't in therapy at that point, but we were communicating a lot better. Um so I think I think we were in a good place at that point. Mm-hmm. Do you remember having any concerns for us or our relationship as the epilepsy diagnosis kind of sank in? And no, no, I've never had one concern about us since any of the stuff started with Finn. Hmm. Oh, that feels good to know. Does it? Yeah, I just I remember. I remember being scared of the unknown. Yeah. Well, I think that's natural to be afraid of what you don't understand and what you don't know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see that as a microcosm of us. I saw that as an outside force that we had to deal with. I, I also remember being scared of, like, I, I remember thinking, I hope we survive this stress. Mm. Like, we as a you and me unit, but also we as a family. Again, because the unknown, because we just didn't know what was around the corner. 
Right. We didn't know what it was going to be like to have a child with epilepsy. Um, what do you remember from when he was diagnosed with autism? Because that was just a year, almost a, a year to the day later. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember my first thought was, I hope that as we get older and he is older, that people will continue to love him like we do. Mm-hmm. Even though he's different. Mm-hmm. And that that's, honestly, that's really all I've ever really held on to from that point, mm-hmm. from that time. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're, so that was when he was first diagnosed, and now we're, what year are we in? It's 2020, right? <laughs> now yep. we're seven years into it. Do you, do you have any concerns or... I still worry the same thing. I mean, as we're About- seeing him get older and, um, I mean, the, the reality is kind of setting in that more than likely he'll never live on his own, mm-hmm. um, which means he's going to be with us mm-hmm. until something happens to us. Mm-hmm. And then what happens with him? That's mm-hmm. my biggest worry right now. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much feel the same way for sure. What do you think, in terms of our marriage, our relationship, what do you think were our strengths going into those diagnoses? Epilepsy, autism. Well, your background in mental health Mm -hmm. was huge. And I will admit I leaned on you heavily and I still do when it comes to the doctors and all that kind of stuff, because I feel like you understand that better than I do. And like you said, I'm a problem solver. So when something does come up, I really give it consideration and figure out a way to make things work. Like the first time we went on vacation as a family, that was a lot of problem solving and how are we going to make this work? And we landed on, We'll board the plane first. We'll put him in between us and set a bag of Skittles in his lap. (laughs) I will say that if you would not have been as strong in that moment and had as much leadership in that moment as you did, I don't know that we would have ever taken that first vacation together as a family, the four of us. That would have been sad. But you definitely, like, you were very... Um, strong in that moment, you, your your problem-solving skills came through. You had no doubts that we were going to be successful. Yeah. I Honestly, the only thing I worried about was a plane ride. I know, me too. And then he wound up sleeping through the whole thing. I know. He's like you. He's like, oh, I'm relaxed. I'm on a plane. I'm, I'm in between mommy and daddy. It's just like laying in bed. <laughs> um. What are, do you have any other things about like strength wise about our marriage before that we went into this situation? No, I just, I think we were, (coughs) we were secure in our relationship enough that we knew this was just something we had to work towards together. And I knew that because we had went, because of what we had gone through before, 
we knew how to communicate effectively to make things work out. So definitely communication is a big, huge, huge deal um, in general in -hmm. marriages, but especially for folks parenting a disabled child. Yes. Huge, huge, huge deal. Um, And I will tell you the research bears that out. It basically says that if you uh, have a, a, a high marital satisfaction before going into that situation of having a disabled child, that you're going to continue like that marital satisfaction and that that strength will serve you well to handle well um, having a disabled child. And, you know, it's really all about the research bears out that it says like it's really all about your perception. So folks who have a more positive perception of the situation going into it tend to do better, tend to do well, have lower divorce rates, have higher marital satisfaction. And I will say this in nowhere in my checking the sources online. Hang on. Craig handed me a drink. When you do when you do this stuff, I'm going to call you Craig. When you go into podcast mode, Craig handed me a drink because I'm froggy. Thank you, Craig. <clears throat> You're welcome. All right. Back to Keith. So, um, yeah, the research bears out when I looked across several different places um, online. <clears throat> the research bears out that the higher marital satisfaction, the higher the success in the marriage, like the lower the divorce rate. And really, there there is nowhere that it says 80% of the people with kids with ASD are getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. So that's just not happening. Um, and you said you relied heavily on me. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, again, because... The research does bear out that the mothers do a majority of the caretaking. Can we talk for just a second about that kind of plainly with people? Let's be honest. You make way more money than I ever could. Yeah, but at the time I was also working four jobs. Yes. And just in your one job, your full-time job, you make way more money than I ever could. Maybe. I mean, you would have to work a lot. If you worked a 40 hour week, you would make way more than I do. Okay. At the current. Yeah. Yeah. But that wouldn't happen. The most I would get is 20. And that would be a lot. Yeah. But still, I mean, just the way that I think just the way. So that's not on us. That's not a choice. I think if we I think if we had a choice today, you'd be like, I want to stay home. (laughs) A little bit. I mean, I'd still want to work a little bit because I. I get restless and I have to do things. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it just made, I think it made sense in our circumstance. I was the mental health professional. I knew the language. I knew how to navigate the systems. You knew how to make the money. That's what kept us afloat. I wouldn't have any problem if those roles were reversed. I mean, it just, it just makes sense. But again, that's not a reflection on our marriage. That's a reflection on what we're dealing with in society. Right. Men make more money than women do. And computer people make more than mental health professionals do. Absolutely. So society, are you listening? If you want this stuff to change. Pay the shrinks more. Pay the shrinks more. I love hashtag pay the shrinks more. Um, I'm trying to think what else. What else do I want to ask you? 
so today, if we look at today, you already mentioned being concerned for Finn that someone loves him as much as we do. Um, especially after we're gone. Do you have concerns for Q through all of this experience? My concerns for Q are more from a perspective of he will lose his parents when we're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have any doubts that he'll at least spend time with Finn occasionally. Mm-hmm. But as far as like friends and stuff and people loving him, he's got a ton of friends right now. Yeah. And like four really good ones that that they all love each other a lot. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about him as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And just like Finn, he's a lovable, intelligent, big hearted mm. kid. Yes. He's got a good personality. Yes. Good, he's handsome loud. kid. He's loud. He's basically the mini version of my father. Yes. Not so many anymore because he's taller than me now. Um. Are you? Are you thinking anything about like in the moment? Like, how, how are you concerned? Like, we've done twenty four years together. Nineteen married. Seven as, or eight, no seven as parents to this to a disabled child what are you thinking about the next 24 years i'm not i can't get that far ahead of myself in the moment now is there anything that you either think like you're concerned about or you're happy about in our marriage uh i want finn to sleep in his own bed <sighs> like can someone please like, I will pay someone to come sleep train him because I am not about it. Every time they bring it up, like our doctor or therapist brand, I'm just like, mm, yeah, mm, that sounds good. <laughs> Can I pay you to come do it? Me? Like, no, oh. I mean, the doctor, the therapist, like, they're like, oh, just, you know, do this and, and I'm like that sounds way easier than actually doing it like I am not a nice person at one o'clock in the morning I, I love the people that help us <laughs> but none of them have disabled children at home and they all make it sound like rainbows and unicorns no well not I I'm going to uh, I'm it the explanation that that's they a give very generalized statement is very all you have to do is this. <laughs> and if you have to do it on a schedule, just do it on a schedule. And you're looking at your watch and you're like, I, I have to sleep at some point. Right. Yeah, sleep. I am not a nice person at one o'clock in the morning. Mm-mm. Okay, well, unless, we'll get... unless you haven't been to sleep yet. We'll get there. Am I nice at one o'clock in the morning if I haven't been to sleep yet? Yeah, it's when you get woke up at one o'clock in the morning. Watch you get, how you answer. That you get angry. You turn into Hulk. You Hulk smash. <laughs> I never knew that about myself. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. We're learning all kinds of things today. You knew there was a Hulk smash in there. <clears throat> Do you have any wisdom for other couples, married or not, raising disabled kiddos? Oh. Um, sleep train them. 
Sleep training is important. <laughs> I think that's such, that is such an overrated thing. Do you have any more wisdom? No. For their marriages or for, for their, their relationships? Communicate. And if you don't know how to do that, go find somebody to teach you. Because that helps. I agree. I agree. So I would, I would say the number one thing is communication. I would say learning to fight fair. Because mm, yeah. you're going to fight. You're yes. going to have disagreements and difficulties and problems. Everybody's got bad days. Everybody's got bad days. And then you throw in disability on top of that. It just, what, what's your, what's your thing in World of Warcraft when it like levels, like it gets really complicated. It's like level, levels it up. What? I have no idea where you're going with this. <laughs> what, what are, what makes it hard in World of Warcraft to defeat some of the bosses? What is there like a? Mechanics. <laughs> it makes the aggro difficult. <laughs> You watch too many YouTube videos. I do watch too many YouTube videos. Um, you're also a gamer. We forgot to mention that. Yeah, it's not important. <sighs> but it is because it helps you relieve stress. It does. Sometimes. So our wisdom to other couples listening, raising disabled children. First of all, love the hell out of your kids. Oh, yeah. They're awesome, oh, cool people. Do your own stuff, too. You don't have to be with each other all the time. You have to have your own lives also, your own things that you do. Like Tara does the podcast, I play video games. Those are our separate things that we do from each other. Mm -hmm. While I am involved with the podcast mixing it, it is all her thing. Mm -hmm. So you have to have your own things or you will go crazy. Mm -hmm. So communicate, love your kiddos, do your own things, learn to fight fair, Get help when you need it. Yes. Don't wait until you're like losing your marbles or your mind. That's the clinical term, losing your marbles. Is it? Mm. What page is that on the DSM? I don't, I'll have to check. I'll okay. have to reference. But you do need to, do need to ask for help. Mm -hmm. This is not a, a, an alone activity. Parenting. No. And marriage isn't an alone activity. You need help. Nor is it a game that you keep score at. Don't keep score. Ooh, listen to you, Silent Bob. <laughs> you come up with the best stuff when you're usually so quiet. Call me Silent Bob. <laughs> All right. Do we want to? Do we want to give any other encouragement or vote? Vote. <laughs> Please, dear God, vote. What do you love about our boys the most? I love Finn's smile. Because even when I get mad at him because he's playing in the fridge mm -hmm. and playing with the ice maker, mm -hmm. he smiles and I forget about it. Quentin, I love the fact that he is who he is. I wouldn't change anything about him. Yeah. Aw, I love you. I love you too. Aw, thanks. All right. Well, that's all I got for today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Will you do it again? I don't know. We'll have to see if this yeah. sounds dumb or not. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>